0: Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And welcome back, everybody, to a regular episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our our Game of the Year two-part bonanza. Bonanza! (laughs) Uh, That was kind of what we did for the month of February. It was really fun to do that. Here we are, early March... And a bunch of Nintendo stuff happened in February. Yeah. Uh, so this will be a uh, a nice chunky episode where we at least touch on all of that. Uh, maybe not dig super deep on all of it, but uh, but this will be a nice a nice fun big old juicy <laughs> highlight episode. What?
1: I, I, I don't know why, but when you said we won't dig super deep, the thing that I thought was yeah, we'll just dig in a nice shallow grave. <laughs> <laughs> where that came from. But yeah, let's 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 dive in to uh, the shallow grave.
0: But first some corrections. Ugh, uh, fine. both uh both from our previous uh regular episode and from our game of the year discussions. Okay. Uh from our last episode, uh the officially published Pixel Game Maker MV games are called part of the Pixel Game Maker MV series. Okay. I think we came, we said some other weird name for it that was technically incorrect. I see. Uh, Pixel Game Maker MV is indeed made by the RPG Maker team. Okay. Uh, and I actually bought one of those earlier this week. I think I mentioned it in the, mm. in that episode, uh, puzzle pedestrians ah uh, yes, uh by the creator of Chibi Robo. Yes, yes, we did talk about this, and uh it came out after it came out like <laughs> just this past week, right, and I bought it. it's weird, yeah, it is uh, <laughs>
1: i I was only half paying attention while you were playing it, but it seems like you have to kind of make pedestrians do various objectives by sort of harming them with hazards, like sicking <laughs> bees on them and stuff
0: yeah like uh like you make you make them turn into certain pathways that they wouldn't take normally by putting bees (laughs) in the paths that they would take and the bees chase them away (laughs) or like you can slow their uh their progression by making them slip on a banana peel okay and then maybe that will increase their chance of bumping into someone that you bump that you want them to bump into Uh as part of the objective uh it's it's weird yeah yeah it's it's a weird game uh, I'm going to try to play more because of my loyalty sure, sure, to sure. this developer pedigree, but... Uh, I mean, look, if Yasumi Matsuno had made
1: Puzzle Pedestrian, I'd be playing it, <laughs> I, and I would be trying to enjoy it, so I feel ya.
0: Yeah, as someone that loves Chibi-Robo with my whole entire heart... You do. Uh, $15 felt like too much to spend on my game. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: fair considering that it does kind of look and play like a New Flash
0: game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of the strength of the engine. You know? Right, right. I think it's, a you know, it's capable of a bit more than that. Sure. Uh, I, uh, yeah, th- th- that would have been like, I think that would have been a great $10 purchase. Okay. It would have been an amazing $5 purchase. Yes. But uh, I would have been happy to spend 10 on it. All right. F- $15, I, I played the game I'm like, hmm, all right. <laughs> All right, I guess that's what that's what I used my gold coins on. Uh, Fuser, after we recorded our Game of the Year discussion, mm-hmm. Fuser added a patch to the Switch version that allows you to share clips on social media. Good. Yes. Uh, that I is haven't, essential. It really is. Yeah. I haven't used it myself yet, but like... <laughs> Uh, I I don't think that would have made it place higher than where I placed it, okay? Because the the games that were above it are are very quality, sure. Uh, but I like that change alone like secures my placing, <laughs> yeah. for Fuser in that spot. Okay, even though I haven't taken advantage of the patch myself yet, right? Uh, I've been playing other stuff, but one day anyone that follows <laughs> me on Twitter will probably see just like ten <laughs> tweets right. of like of like All Star. And bring me to life, mashed together right, yeah. and uh you're welcome, and I'm sorry in advance. I look forward to that, everybody. it'll be great <laughs> and finally, um a clarification uh because we 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 did say this uh but i I'm going to give some more detail, yeah, and also uh yeah, also make it more clear. None of the head writers on Spider Man Miles Morales were black. Mm-hmm. The the two head writers were two white guys. Yeah. Uh there could be uh, black writers on the team that are not head writers. Uh there is one staff member in particular, Evan Narcisse. He mm-hmm. was a writer for a a Black Panther comic. Okay. Uh for uh for Marvel, and he is himself black. He was hired as a narrative design consultant. Mm. So he was technically not credited as a writer okay, but he did uh he did write one of the side quests in the game huh. and he suggested some story changes and also uh also like gave some input on specific story beats in the game okay like uh like there's a scene in the game where uh where miles has been beat up and mm. uh uh members of this military corporation all turned their guns on him. Mm. It was Evan Arce's idea to have his have his suit be ripped up so you could see his skin through the oh nice yeah yeah that's like, a good call like yeah touches like that mm-hmm. uh were like those were good touches yes um but overall does not uh change my criticism that you know there there should have been a black head writer on the team and also a lot of the dialogue yeah. between black characters felt very off Because Evan Narcisse did not change the dialogue, yeah, no, he's not in charge of rewriting the dialogue.
1: If you're going to include him, make him a head writer. Yeah, put him in the writers room. And
0: actually, like there was a there were a lot of misleading articles that imply that he was a head writer Mm. uh, because he like he tweeted that like oh hey I'm I'm working on the game and because he's a writer, people are like oh Evan Narcisse is a writer (laughs) on the game. He's Uh he's not. He wrote one side quest. Okay. Uh, so. You know, technically, right. he is a writer, but he was not credited as one, and yeah, like, like uh, he, good, he did good, not do the bulk of the work on it.
1: Good clarification, but that game's the process for developing that game's narrative clearly still had some problems. Exactly
0: the the problem remains the same. but, yeah. you know there uh, there were black people involved in like, and I was hoping that there was a black consultant on the team, right? And there was. Yes. he he was the consultant, and he does great work. Uh, but uh, they, they could have done a little better there, I think. Yes, agreed. Okay. Time for Nintendo talk. Nintendo! So, uh, in, the month, in the month of February, we had a big-ass Nintendo Direct, which you and I, against the rest of the world, <laughs> actually predicted what happened instead of, like, a smaller, like, uh, like right. partner showcase or whatever. uh. A Pokemon Direct, mm-hmm. with, uh, with several fairly large, well, a couple fairly large Pokemon announcements, and uh, the announcement and release of our next Smash Bros. character. Yes. So... Uh, this is what
1: happens when we well I almost said take a month off but we did not take a month off. We took a month off from recording regular episodes of this podcast yeah. but then did a lot of work. It's,
0: yeah, I was working on podcast shit this whole time. <laughs> he, yeah. He's just been editing. Yeah. So I'm much. I'm <laughs> I'm a little worn out actually. I wish I could afford to like hire editing help, but here we sweet. are. Uh but we we started with the Nintendo Direct, uh, aired on February seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Okay, and it was like fifty minutes long. Yeah, it
1: was juicy. Yeah, big you, juicy steak of a direct.
0: Yeah, we predicted that the the next direct would be a big one, and that was that was right as hell. Oh yeah, big I boy. think. Um, so it was very big. I'm not going to go over every individual announcement. Sure. Uh, but I I did select some highlights. Uh, that we'll that we'll talk about. Okay. Uh, first, I'll go over all of our notable predictions, like our our biggest predictions. Yeah. Not every single like individual one, but our biggest predictions and whether or not how right we got those, how wrong we got those. Mm-hmm. Um, our first notable prediction is that we predicted Skyward Sword HD with button controls would be at the direct, uh, ported by Grezzo, who has been porting uh, Zelda games. Right. Things. Um, and we nailed that. Yes. Uh, it's. Uh, it's coming on July. Uh. The gr- uh does the Grezzo part does not appear to be true, right? Uh, it doesn't look like Grezzo is porting this, but there is an HD Skyward Sword coming out. Uh, with both like motion controls using the Joy Cons mm-hmm. and an optional uh button yes. control scheme. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's, that's fan- so great. Yeah, that's fantastic on its own. Uh, sixty dollars. Uh, mm. forty would have been nice. Yes, as the re-release of an older game, but uncharacteristic of Nintendo. Y- yeah, well, they've you know actually like a lot of their, uh, a lot of their some of their stuff. Some of their mm. stuff has been forty to fifty bucks. Sure. Um, but not. It ain't gonna be Zelda. It ain't gonna be <laughs> Zelda. Uh, and and usually when their re-releases are sixty, they they try to like. Uh, incentivize that with new content, sure yeah, right so this yeah, this seems to be a street port with yeah. new you know with new controls
1: mm-hmm. um and it's sixty. I am still excited for it though, just because you know hopefully this will be something that will make a great Zelda game more accessible
0: to more people yes
1: uh that's that's a good thing I, re- I, I really hope this leads to more
0: people playing skyward Sword that's a really good thing um my fiance. Lee is actually pumped for this game. Nice, uh, because I, I had them start Skyward Sword on the Wii like right. uh, a year or two ago, and uh, and I, I think they were enjoying themselves until the part where you ride the bird. Yeah, and the that bird was, that's rough. And the bird is exclusively motion controlled. Yeah. you have to like point the Wii Mote <laughs> down for it to dive, uh. and then like, uh, yeah, like the. The bird traversal alone made Lee quit that game. I mean, I have
1: a vivid memory of, you know, uh, before we moved in together, um, I visited you when you were living in New Orleans, and I watched you play about half of this game. I remember you struggling with that, at least initially. It's not very intuitive.
0: It's not intuitive at all. Eventually, I got the hang of it, but even after I got the hang of it, it was kind (laughs) of inconsistent. Uh Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, no, just, like, yeah, it just
1: seemed like it was a lot of you kind of like going very slowly through the sky or running into floating islands or whatever. Like, yeah. it's not, yeah, just not kind of not the level of design, uh, fidelity that you would expect from a Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, so I hopefully, you know, that's easier when you're doing it with normal controls.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the worst part of the game in the <laughs> yeah. original. Uh, yeah. and I don't blame Lee for stopping. Sure. Uh, it it will be nice for Lee to get to play with button controls and to see more yes. of Groose. Yeah, yes. finally.
1: Yes, uh, Groose the best. Excuse me, the best modern Zelda character there is.
0: Yeah. Is is there a non modern Zelda character you think beats
1: Groose? Uh, I don't know. Majora, uh, Midna. Mid- Midna is not modern to you. She she's straddling the the line. You know. Sure. I guess you could say. Yeah. Perhaps the last classic Zelda character. It's completely arbitrary. I made a completely <laughs> arbitrary <laughs> distinction. I wilted under your disapproving gaze, okay? There is no classic Zelda character. There is no modern Zelda character. They're just
0: all Zelda. Uh, I give up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that'll that be cool. Uh the the HD really, like, kind of hammers in how weird that art style is. Yeah, it, it is weird. It yeah, is that, for yeah, sure. The, very distinct, though. Oh, yes. Definitely stands out uh, across the, the Zelda canon. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, speaking of Zelda, uh, we also predicted Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity DLC that would right. include the leaked four characters. Uh a season pass was announced. Right. Uh, wave one will be in June. Wave two will be in November. It will add new weapons, new characters, and new story vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um, the there was no gameplay shown at all. Right. But like kind of the key art for it had Pura and Robbie, mm-hmm. uh, who we who I predicted as two... well who were two of the leaked, uh, right leaked character assets found in the in the base game's code. Yeah. The other two were. Uh, um. Koga's henchmen, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't know how many new characters are going to be in the season pass, but it'd be cool if it was more than just those four. Yes. And last, our last notable prediction in Zelda Town is... Uh, I thought there would be a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, like a teaser trailer that would right. end with the number 2021. 20, Eiji Onoma <laughs> showed up <laughs> specifically to say that there would not be that. Hello,
1: I'm Asia Noma. I'd like to address this first point to the uh, Smashing Theory podcast
0: duo. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, yeah, we, we'd like to show you more, but it's not ready yet. You will see at least some of the game later this year. right? So a feeling that there'll be kind of an E3 season announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say E3 season because I don't think Nintendo is going to be at E3 sure. this year. E3 announced they're going to do a digital show this year, right? Uh, but apparently, they're also going to try to charge people that participate Ooh. like a lot of money. Ooh. And uh, I think people, I think if they stick to that. Uh, these big companies are just gonna realize they don't need E3 anymore. Yeah, I mean, especially they kind of realized you're... that last year,
1: right? But like, even if like if you're only doing a digital show, like just do your own show. You yeah, know? like yeah. just d- just do your own live stream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I it... could do my
0: own live stream. Surely <laughs> Nintendo can do their own live stream. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they they don't. Nintendo in particular does not need E3. So no, no, E3 kind of needs a Nintendo. Yes. If anything, they should be paying Nintendo. Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how they would ultimately make money if they did that, but
0: yeah, I mean,
1: ads or something. Who knows? Yeah, ads or something. Yeah. I'm sure that, uh, you know, E3 is well versed in uh, <laughs> milking the teat of capitalism. That's what came into my head. Great. I'm sure E3 is well versed in milking the teat of capitalism. <laughs> oh, good. At you this said point. it again.
0: <laughs> uh,. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I do. I do think we'll get like a summer or fall, like little little snippet of Breath of the Wild, uh, and that they're going to try to release it by the end of this fiscal year. They're going to, you know, this this next fiscal year. I could, I should say, they'll try to release it before the end of March twenty twenty two. Sure, sure. That's that's my thought. Okay, they they might say, well, we want to do that, but we can't. (laughs) Sure. So it'll just be a twenty twenty two game. But yeah, I think we'll see. We'll see more like by September. Okay. We also wondered whether there'd be more uh like Zelda anniversary stuff, but ultimately mm-hmm. decided they might kinda take it easy. Uh and then they they did. Yeah, they, they did they kinda did. take it easy. Yeah. Um Uh I predicted that there would be localizations of uh some Japan exclusive Nintendo announcements. Uh, Famicom Detective Club remakes mm-hmm. and the uh Buddy Mission Bond game. Right. Uh Buddy Mission Bond was nowhere to be seen. However, uh Famicom Detective Club uh the two remakes of the Famicom Detective Club games are going to be worldwide releases. Yes. Uh they will come to Japan and Europe and the US on May twenty-first. Uh it's two games. One is called Famicom Detective Club The Missing Air. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next is called Famicom Detective Club, The Girl Who Stands Behind. Right. Spooky. Spooky. Both releases are going to be separate and digital only in the U.S. Right. There's going to be like a physical bundle in Japan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, don't, I think Nintendo probably <laughs> doesn't think we care that much about them. And That's, they're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, if you buy, uh, they're both $35. Mm-hmm uh if you buy one of them the other one uh has a ten dollar discount right so basically buying both is the price of a single 60 dollar game sure i'm into that i like that yeah yeah especially since they're like brand new games uh that we've never like we have never played before right they're brand new to us i think that's cool now do that with pokemon <laughs> they will never. Oh, for as not. long as we live of course and not. No,
1: we're absolutely paying full price for entry. Yeah, uh, for a single Pokemon version. Yeah, which I guess is fine. You know, you just get one version. I get the other one. We trade
0: Pokemon. You play yeah. it for much longer than me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Famicon Detective Club remakes. Actually, me too. I yeah, love they a good nice. visual novel. Yeah, they look nice. Yeah, I I'm kind of hoping for like kind of. An unlockable Easter egg where, like, you can, like, once you beat the game or something, you can play, like, the original, Ooh. and they'll have, like, you know, uh-huh. translated the original. That would be cool. Uh, that'd be dope. Yeah. Uh, not holding my breath for that. Sure. It'd be nice, though. Yeah. Um, we predicted that World's End Club would get a release date for the Switch. It did, May 28th. Yes. Um, World's End Club being uh the, the new game by the Danganronpa guy and yes. uh, and the Zeroscape guy collaborating. I have that on my iPad, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, cool. So. Uh, apparently what you have is the first half of the story. I see. And the second half will also release May 28th. Okay, cool. Uh, presumably. I have the first half of it on my iPad, but I haven't played it
1: yet. Ah, I see. Yes. <laughs> if I ever do, I'll let you know what i think
0: we predicted there would be at least one remaster of a square enix game uh we guessed <laughs> things like chrono trigger kingdom hearts and live alive we did get a square enix remaster and it was none of those yes uh the square enix the square enix remaster announced was legend of mana yeah uh which was a game i loved as as a teen slash nice. young adult yeah Came out for the PS One, and I, it was really weird, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a Mana game. Like it had all sure. these like obtuse mechanics, <laughs> uh, kind of just like they were all integrated into other obtuse mechanics mm-hmm. and uh,
1: is that the one where I, I might not even be thinking of the right franchise but is that the one where you kind of like slowly build up the world as you go like you're like plunking cities
0: down and yes. stuff yes okay cool yeah yeah, yeah that's that's nice. the one yeah and like which and the one and the formation like if if you plunk like one thing down next to another thing th- the placement kind of the placements affect each other, right? Like kind of the resources you can get, and yeah, it was it was a that's cool. Yeah, it was it was a super like like just dense with weird mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I still loved that game. Great characters, yeah. It's it's cool. It's cool that that got a port. I I never imagined that it would get get a port to the Switch, but here it is. Cool. Now what
1: do we know when that's coming out? Or did they shadow drop it or something? And I uh, they did notice?
0: not shadow drop it. Okay. It's it's coming out uh it's coming out june 24th okay uh which is nowhere near your birthday so that sucks
1: <laughs> i that's mean my, that's my that's, idea out the window <laughs> that's
0: that's that's fine i yeah like i i played enough of that game when it came out i currently own it uh on the ps3 like uh the, yeah gonna, you know i i think i have it on the ps3 okay uh, or if I don't, I just, I have the original disc still. Sure. You know? yeah. well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Still works. Yeah. Pick it up on the old switcheroo. Yeah, let me know what you think. Okay.
1: It's, uh... I like, you know, obtuse RPGs with wild mechanics. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Uh, it's close, like, it's... The 24th is close to its 22nd anniversary in Japan. Ah. Uh, it came out July 15th, 1999. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah funny that they didn't just decide to release it then you yeah know? like if you're close to if you're that close to an anniversary why not
1: maybe it was some strange financial consideration that I couldn't possibly have fathomed
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> one of my favorite predictions from last episode uh, was we thought a Golden Sun remake right. was in development by Camelot Studios would have been cool uh, for its it's like 20th anniversary
1: oh man yeah that's it's just a, another reminder that I'm getting older every day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. I mean, I can. I can remember the first time I even heard of Golden Sun was at like a, a friend's birthday party when I was like ten or eleven. He got it for his birthday. And we were all like huddled around his GBA with no <laughs> backlight, trying to see what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and uh, now I'm uh, I have a job and I pay taxes. And you know we thought they were doing a remake for its twentieth anniversary. Anyway, go on. What actually happened?
0: Camelot is working on Mario Golf Super Rush instead. Right. Uh, it's coming out June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. It actually looks. Kind of, it looks kind of fun. Yeah, the Mario Golf game. It has a it has a new mode called Speed Golf, where you just <laughs> instead of taking turns golfing, you're just all golfing simultaneously <laughs> and running towards the hole. That is excellent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I kind of love <laughs> so that great. actually. And there's also uh, an RPG story mode where you make a me character. Nice, and you can build the me stats like throughout the story mode, kind of like the old sure. school uh game boy mario golf and and mario tennis games
1: i'm not thrilled about it being a me but besides that i'm i'm all in yeah
0: yeah no it's a, i i got kind of pumped for mario tennis aces and then it was fine uh-huh. um but
1: yeah be- i i i was really hyped for that because there were a lot there was a lot of speculation of like you know will we see this fighting game tournaments right like, will yeah Will this have a competitive
0: scene and then nobody gave a shit about it yeah and they're not even trying to be competitive <laughs> with this one. They're right, like, yeah. "Why don't you all golf at the, the same, same time?" time. <laughs> uh, but uh, but the RPG mode is cool. I'm I'm kind of excited for that. Me too. Uh, and ending on some clunker predictions. The Golden Sun <laughs> remake was also kind of a clunker. Yeah, we thought that Sonic would be there for his anniversary. He was not. Nope. And. Uh, I uh, thought Rune Chapter Two would get a shadow drop. Yeah, and uh, it was nowhere to be seen.
1: After, after that didn't happen, I did kind of think to myself, like, why the fuck did we think that? Like, <laughs> what came over us?
0: Uh, I I still I still think it's not a bad prediction, and in fact, oh, in fact. I still think we're getting a Deltarune Shadow Drop during a Nintendo presentation. Mm. I'm moving my prediction from the Nintendo Direct it was a no-show at yeah. to uh, the Indie World Direct that happens every March. Okay. Oh, oh so soon. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I think uh, I think sometime this month we're getting a Deltarune Shadow Drop for the Switch, which will then be followed by a Shadow Drop for all platforms. Okay.
1: Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I guess the reason that I kind of doubled back on it was just thinking back to the last time Toby Fox updated us on the game. And he was like, yeah, my whole body is falling apart and I'm using three track pads and a foot pedal to, <laughs> you know, code as much as I can. I just, you know, like, I, 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 that didn't give me any useful knowledge about when the game was coming out. You sure. know?
0: I mean, what he also said in that same thing was, I think I'll be done with the, uh, uh, with the parts of Delta Rune Chapter Two that don't involve testing, localizing, mm-hmm, right. and porting, uh, I'll be done with everything except those three things by the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, okay. So I think, so I think, even if we don't get a shadow drop, yeah, uh, during the next Indie World, which m- might not happen this month, mm-hmm. but I kind of think that it will. I think we get Indie Worlds every March these days. Okay. Even if we don't get a shadow drop, I think it will appear at Indie World and we'll get a release date. Okay. But I'm leaning towards a shadow drop. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: just so that the five of you who regularly watch my YouTube channel know, the day that comes out, I'm immediately recording it and temporarily abandoning whatever the fuck I'm playing at the time. (laughs) Just so you know. Uh, if If you don't feel like playing that yourself and you would rather watch me play it, it's happening immediately.
0: Trying to see if relevance will increase... The amount of views your channel gets by any amount.
1: I'm just an Under Delta Tail Rune fan now, uh, Daniel, (laughs) actually. (laughs) I'm just excited to play the game. (laughs) None of the thing I just said? No. No? Zero, negative 100% (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: And if that does happen... And we haven't done our our Undertale <laughs> retrospective by then. I will eat my hat. We will both we will both play in Chapter 2 right. and then do a retrospective of the whole <laughs> franchise together. Right. Like, I'll fast track that after we both play in Chapter 2. Okay. Yeah. Tentative plan. Sure. Uh, Very pat- tentative if the yeah. plan is anything to go by. <laughs> Patreon.com slash group <laughs> is where it will be True. whenever that happens. Yeah, leaning towards a shadow drop because t- I I feel like Toby would like that. Sure. And uh, and that's that's all the that's all the predictions we made that I want to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we we made smaller stuff, smaller predictions. I think like uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles X won't be there <laughs> again. Right. And surprise. Uh, oh yeah, we also predicted like Monolith Soft's new game that did not show up either. Right. True. But I feel like that'll come up by the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, there's some other highlights of stuff that we didn't predict, mm-hmm. so uh, I'll, I'll cover a few of those. Yeah, uh, one is the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. That's coming right. out June 10th. It's a collection of Ninja Gaiden Sigma 1, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and Ninja Gaiden 3: Razor's Edge. Mm-hmm. A couple things about this. One. Uh, I'm a little sad that the NES games just aren't shoved on there, too. Yeah. Yeah. May- maybe they're like unlockables or something. Maybe. Yeah. May- or maybe they'll like announce that closer to you. It's like, guess what? Also, you can play this old ass ninja Gaiden game. Uh huh. Yeah, that'd be fun. But secondly, uh, really, since we were both born. There has been a never-ending buzz about Ryu Hayabusa potentially being playable in Smash Bros Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch. I think you're a little off on the timeline, Daniel. <laughs> unless
1: we're uh, actually Gen Z and not millennials, <laughs> <laughs> we we would
0: we would have to be Gen Alpha for that for for that to actually be true. Is that the newest gen that comes after Z? Yeah, Gen Gen Z stops with kids that are born in the early 2010s. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, or that would be the case if I don't distinctly remember uh, when uh, when you came out of the womb and I was I was standing uh, next to your doctor as as a two year old, uh, him going, "Man, I can't wait for Ryu Hayabusa <laughs> and Smash Bros Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch." <laughs> I don't even know the words that are coming out of my own mouth. <laughs> what the I hell end- am I talking about?
1: Now time to deliver this enormous baby. <laughs> Were you an
0: enormous baby?
1: Uh, I had, I was going to explain how enormous I was, but it would involve a story that I don't feel like telling on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Suffice it to say that I was a 10 pound, 9 ounce baby.
0: Wow. I was quite large. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't. I didn't think I would delve into incredibly personal baby details. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Yeah, that is a big baby. Yes, uh, I was not that big a baby. <laughs> I think I was a relatively regular sized baby. Okay, uh, I ended up turning into a relatively small sized adult, but sure. Uh, but yeah, a normal baby. <laughs> a normal baby whose doctor also mentioned Ryu Hayabusa. Right. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because unless it got mentioned when you were born and also exactly the time that I was born, then yeah. it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah it says we it were has born. to be specifically yeah. our doctors going like, oh, Ryu Hayabusa.
0: Anyway, for a very, very long time now, it's been speculated uh, that Ryu would be a Smash Ultimate character, specifically yeah. a Smash Ultimate DLC character. That, that theory has been gaining popularity again mm-hmm. uh, uh, because... Uh, characters that were rumored for the first season and then debunked, like yeah. Minecraft Steve, mm-hmm. ended up being part of the second season. Sure, sure. So people think people are starting to think that Fighters Pass Two is kind of a well, we we wanted to do this last season but weren't able to, so now mm. we're doing it this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a missed opportunities <laughs> season pass. Sure. Um, if we can probably assume. That the next Smash Bros. announcement will be happening around E3 season. Yeah. Then Ninja Gaiden Master Collection is coming out right around then. Hmm. And potential announcements could be tied to that. Right. What what do you think about that, Sean? You know what my
1: honest answer is, Daniel? um, Who the fuck knows? (laughs) That's my honest answer. Sure. After Pyra and Mithra getting... Or Pyra, excuse me, and Mithra... Uh-huh. getting added to this game. Who are
0: those? We haven't s- talked about them
1: yet. <laughs> so late after they were relevant. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know anymore. I don't know. Who knows? Uh we cannot predict what's happening here. It's also Even though that's our podcast.
0: It's also worth pointing out that you and I both for uh for this character, whoever they are. I don't know what words you just said. Uh, <laughs> uh that our guess is uh for the next announcement that we knew was going to happen yeah. in in uh in february uh i thought it would be crash mm-hmm. uh because his his port had had just like <laughs> his port uh for the switch uh, yeah. crash 4 crash 4 is coming to the switch very soon mm-hmm. uh and you thought it'd be monster hunter because monster hunter rise is coming to the switch very soon yes. one of those has been straight deconfirmed we'll yes. talk about that later and uh, and one of them definitely did not happen in February. Yeah. Uh. So maybe the this announcement will tie into a release that's happening soon. Thing uh, isn't something that Nintendo cares about as much as we do. It certainly doesn't seem like they do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 talk about uh who whoever is coming out for Smash later. But uh but you did remind me of a thing that applies to that. Okay. Um. Anyway. I I'm leaning towards no for Ryu Hayabusa. Okay, leaning towards no, but I'm I'm getting to a point where I wouldn't be incredibly shocked if if he was like the Terry. Sure. Yeah, I've been saying that every episode. <laughs> for any new listeners, when I say he's the Terry, I mean he's the character in this character pass that isn't as popular as the other right. characters in the character pass. Yeah, kind of like Terry was was less popular than. Fucking Dragon Quest Hero right. and Banjo Kazooie and this other stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but he was still included because he was an important part of gaming history and his right. moveset, uh, potential was cool. Sure. So, moving on to a couple other games. Yeah. Uh, First, the game that Sean's been waiting to talk about since we started recording. I don't know what you're talking about, Daniel. Why would
1: I have been waiting with bated breath to talk about the greatest game that's going to be coming out in 2022? Project Triangle Motherfucking Strategy. How do we even talk about that game? It's only incredible. I only had a blast playing the demo. It's so good. And I can't wait for it to come out. But, you know,
0: I wasn't like waiting to talk about it project triangle strategy uh got an announced by surprise yes uh project triangle strategy working title yes Bo- although <laughs> although project Talks about traveler was also a working title yeah and the final title dropped the word project and that was it <laughs> right i hope they do more work on this title i yes in particular i, I think
1: it deserves this yeah
0: <laughs> but uh it's funny. I'm already starting starting to get used to that name, though. That's how it's so insidious. How that yeah, works, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I hated that name uh-huh. when it was announced, but now, like if if I if I see a box in a year with the words "triangle strategy" on it, right. I don't think I'll give it a second thought. Actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was shown off in the direct. It's. It's made by the Octopath Traveler team. Right. It uses the same kind of uh, pixelated sprites uh, in a three D space aesthetic. Yes. That Octopath Traveler used, but instead of a turn based RPG, uh, this one is a uh, instead of a traditional turn based RPG, this one is a is a tactics game. Yeah. This this one riffs off of Final Fantasy Tactics instead of regular Final Fantasy. Yes, it does. And yeah, it it riffs off it in a lot of ways. The political (laughs) intrigue, Uh and the, uh, really, it kind of riffs off of Tactics Ogre a lot, too, because there will be, like, uh, the full game will kind of have choices that you make on your different paths. Uh, One of three different, like, factions you can play as. Hence the triangle. Yeah. Uh, And you'll be able to, yeah, you'll be able to make decisions... uh, that kind of changed the story, right? And uh and yeah, this this was definitely the most encore thing that's happened in the past months. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: I absolutely loved the
1: combat portions of the demo, which are you know. They're, they are quite similar to, like, your Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, that's obviously where a lot of the inspiration is drawn. Yeah. But then you also kind of have almost the sort of Brave Point system, or whatever it's called, in Octopath Traveler. Uh-huh. Where you can, like, store up a resource and then spend it on cool moves. Yeah. Which I'm totally into as an alternative to MP. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I love that. It, it, I think it's much kind of a much more strategic consideration you have to take. Yeah. And then later on, they showcase kind of other kinds of gameplay that feature in the game oh, cool. that are so cool. Oh, man. Like, I, I mean, I was just grinning like an idiot the whole time I was playing through the demo later.
0: I need to play more of the demo. I, yeah. I, I started the demo, uh, like, I, I saw, like, the, the story stuff, and then I did the first battle and I died. <laughs> I lost the first uh-huh. battle in Project Triangle Strategy. And then I put it down and I played other games. But I, I,
1: I do want to circle back. I think if you can get through the demo, there is stuff later on that you'll you will really appreciate. Okay,
0: yeah, I'll. I'll I man, I'm I'm really into like the trio of games I'm going back and forth between right now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm playing Bravely Default two, yeah. which is scratching that RPG itch for me. Mm-hmm. I'm playing Noja, which is out. Yes, and I very I, cool. I love it. Like it's it's very neat. Uh, like, uh, Noja being, uh, this social deduction game. It's like single player werewolf or single player <laughs> among us, uh-huh. uh, with like this very beautiful anime aesthetic Yes, that I was raving about all last year and hoping it would get localized. <laughs> and it did. The It got localized. It's here and it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, just, I've been really captivated by it. Barely Default 2 is kind of a, yeah, I, this, this is uh this is a standard <laughs> RPG experience, but I want a standard RPG experience now, right, right now, and, uh, and I'm going to play it. Sure. Although I did, uh, I did just come across a card game mini game uh-huh. in Barely Default 2, so I've, I've started to enjoy it much more than I was initially. <laughs> Noja's great, and I've also... Uh, been playing through uh every game in the king every mainline game right in the King of Fighters franchise starting with King of Fighters ninety four. That is true. He and, has been doing that. And yeah, and just like uh playing playing each game in succession. I I'm currently about to start King of Fighters eleven. Right. Uh because I've I've wanted to kind of delve into the very <laughs> complex lore Uh-huh. Of that franchise before Fifteen comes out, it is definitely fighting game lore. It's it is <laughs> it is fighting game lore with a capital F, a a capital oh, yeah. G, and a capital L. <laughs> uh, and I love it. Yeah. I actually love the lore of King of Fighters. It's uh, I,
1: I appreciate that they're just all in on it and how wacky it is. Yeah, the, know, that is uh, great.
0: The Nest Saga in particular, which was basically about a corporation that's like making all these clones of the main character <laughs> Kyokusanagi and also these other genetically altered humans right. that become playable fighting game characters. Uh the, the chef's kiss, that's some <laughs> that's some A plus fighting game lore. Uh-huh. uh this this next arc, I'm starting this next arc called like Tales of Ash or something, and that's that's weird so far. I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. Sure. But but uh But anyway, if anyone wants to hear King of Fighters lore updates from, from Daniel, I guess you can at me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but if I feel a gap from any of those three things, I'll I'll slide back into sure. Triangle Strategy. I'll probably start it over because, like, I'll probably just start the whole thing over. Yeah. Because as I was fighting on the map, I realized, oh, there's parts of the map I didn't explore in, uh, in, in non-tactics mode. I and I bet, I bet there was a fucking treasure chest with something that would help. That I just, like, missed on my first go. Sure, sure. But yeah, that the demo shadow dropped, obviously. That's mm-hmm. why we're talking about it. And the full game is coming out in 2022. Uh, the development team will take feedback from the demo and, and yes. use that towards the full game.
1: I uh, love when dev teams do that. Yeah.
0: You know what's weird? Uh, the Bravely Default 2 demos? Uh-huh. Like, those demos had, like gameplay mechanics like some some small gameplay mechanics and some small features that just aren't in the full game maybe maybe i'll unlock them later or something but like there were things like if you do this thing in battle you'll gain more experience points you'll Mm. gain more job points if you can if you can beat the the enemy without taking damage and they just flat out removed that from the full release like like the the progression is slower as a result it's weird yeah uh, but anyway, yeah, so hopefully hopefully they they listen and keep the cool things. Yes, that would be good. Uh, for Project Triangle Strategy. <laughs> I don't think I'm 100% used to that name yet. No. Uh, I
1: really, you know, I think Octopath Traveler, like, that game kind of grew into the name. Yeah. There will always be a little bit of Triangle Strategy where it's like,
0: triangle, really? Yeah. Done, like- yeah, because, you know, Octopath Traveler, like... Right. It, it, at least fits. it wasn't
1: called Octagon Traveler. Yeah, you know? and
0: and you know Octopath Traveler kind of fits the game really well. Like, yeah. there's eight different paths. They're all traveling. <laughs> right. Like, you know, once you played the game and have the context, it makes sense. Triangle strategy, <laughs> it's just a little on like, Yeah, exactly. Like, no amount of context is going to make that sound less stupid. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> unless it's like literally like oh, there's a magical triangle that we all <laughs> must protect right. this is our triangle strategy <laughs> which which might not make the name stupid anymore, but then the story will be stupid yes uh, and the name will still also be stupid. agreed so <laughs> so I, I really hope like you know' just, just called tripath strategy like mm-hmm. tie it tie it into octopath. Uh yeah. and 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 like yeah, it'll be less silly. Agreed. Tripath Strategy is actually kind of a cool RPG name. Tripath and, Tactics. Ooh, TriPath Tactics. That's 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 a little that's a little too like a little too cute for for a story about political murders. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway the last thing I want us to highlight is yeah. the uh, the announcement that they closed the direct with and uh that is splatoon 3 yeah a game I did not imagine would come out <laughs> for the for the the switch yeah no same but I'm glad it's here yeah uh and like the the way they showed it was just really cool it just mm-hmm. like opens with with an inkling, like on a desert wasteland, and then they just create the character. Yeah. Uh, with uh, there's no longer like things that are tied to gender. You just pick your hairstyle. Yeah. You can wear whatever clothes you want, regardless of your gender. Excellent. Yeah. Um. They they're they're doing the they're doing the thing that they did with Animal Crossing, right? Where it's, right. it's just like yeah,
1: you're you sort of have an androgynous ink person, and then you can style them in whatever way you want. Yeah.
0: Fan fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Always a great decision. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then it just shows them, like, running around in the desert and then taking a train, uh-huh. uh, to, like, uh, to, like, a new, like, hub city, which, uh, I saw a tweet, mm-hmm. and I think the tweet's a genius, it was a picture of that city, <laughs> yeah, and it said, okay, hear me out, Clamorocho." Oh, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, is Lee is pumped. Lee is yeah. so pumped for this.
1: No, I'm I'm excited. You know, uh, Splatoon is really interesting because it's one of those franchises where like I've barely played it and yet I'm so glad it exists. Yeah. And so it's I'm It's a just, great
0: uh, universe. Yeah.
1: Like whether or not I wind up picking up Splatoon three, I'm just glad it's out there.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I should like i should open up my my copy of splatoon 2 and like do the story mode again right sure Uh, not again i I actually (laughs) never touched the story mode right i i beat story mode for splatoon 1 Mm -hmm. on the wii u uh but i never played uh splatoon 2 story mode or if i did i played very little of it right uh hey you gotta get in there and do the octo expansion too oh yeah yeah that that could be fun because uh it seems like Splatoon 3 like you know will have like the multiplayer that everyone loves and mainly plays mm-hmm. but they also seem to like do things that get you more invested in the lore every time they do a new Splatoon game. Yes. Uh and that's so smart. Like oh, yeah. they're uh, and they're they're starting to pull me in. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> what, what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. D- tell me about these fucking squids." <laughs> So yeah, that's exciting. Do you do you have more stuff to play? Say about Splatoon 3? I want it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's 2022. About it. All right. Which which is weird that they just like it's like here's a here's a game that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Like uh we haven't even told you what's coming out uh <laughs> from August to December right. 2021. But here's a 2022 game. Yeah. Like and there will clearly be like uh August to December 2021 announcements. Mm-hmm like you know uh probably by by June like sure. i'm sure there'll be a June direct and we'll we'll get some of those uh but yeah they they just decided to show Splatoon like a year early yeah yeah well you know
1: starting the hype train up way before it's going to arrive at the station
0: yeah yeah i mean that that's that's cool it's it's nice to have like at least a couple games that you know about that are a ways off yeah. you know like, it's, it's because they will do incremental updates for that. Mm-hmm. They'll show us a little bit more every time, and it'll be exciting each time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you... What's What do you think will be a, an August to December announcement that we'll get next time? Oh, you can't just spring that on me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What about I, you? Uh, I think that Buddy Mission Bond will get localized okay. sometime this year, uh... And that they just didn't want to announce it at the same time as sure, uh, sure, uh-huh. as Detective Club. Okay, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, cool. Okay, so that that was all the direct stuff. They also uh, showed off a new Smash character. Yeah. Um, and we will talk about that after a quick peek at the Pokemon Direct highlights. Right. Which is really just a quick th- peek-a-peeka, which, <laughs> which is really just the three things they talked about during the Pokemon Direct. Yeah. One one note I'll make is they started with like a montage. that was like seven minutes long. Yes. But I kind of liked it. Uh and one thing they kept doing was they kept going like, you know, like it's like they're like Pokemon Red and Blue and right. they showed it and then they're like Card Game uh-huh. and then they showed like the cards and they're like anime and then they showed footage of the anime. Right. And every time they showed uh they showed like a new game, like a new Pokemon game, like, you know, the like Gold and Silver. Yeah. Card game. Uh-huh. Anime. Like they kept they kept doing that and I was like, Oh my god, like I think this direct might have like <laughs> a Pokémon Trading Guard King thing finally. Uh, I think we're finally getting one and then nope. No, nope, it was not just at all. a really
1: weird retrospective. It was just
0: a really weird retrospective, but it was uh it was uh it was very pleasant to look at and I I might have gotten emotional partway through. I zoned out halfway through. <laughs> of course you which did. Is just yeah, just the duality of man. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and then they yeah, then they talked about the three things they wanted to talk about. Yes. The the first thing was new Pokemon Snap. Still very excited for that. Yeah. I I called this off the podcast. Yeah. Uh because I I didn't want to call it on the podcast because I thought we'd get to do a Pokemon prediction episode and we didn't. Sure. But I figured that Pokemon I actually I did say this on the pod. Like yeah. I was like, we'll talk more about this later, but I think new Pokemon Snap is coming out sooner than you think because mm. you're like, Oh, that's a ways off. Right, right. And I'm right. like, No, I think I think we're actually getting it like Soon and April thirtieth. Yeah, what no, was that was out. that was correct. Yeah, good on you. Um, it's coming out April thirtieth. Sean's birthday. Yes. Yeah.
1: So if anyone feels like <laughs> buying, don't, it, don't tell anything, people to buy. Don't you don't, b- don't do that. Do not. Uh, I was just being a dork. Don't. <laughs> do not actually do that, please. I would be so embarrassed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I kind of want someone to buy one of those. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. They they showed off more of that, uh, and yeah, it looks like Pokemon Snap. It looks like a current gen Pokemon Snap game, and that's exactly what I want. Yeah, no, I'm into it. Yeah, um, and then they made a couple announcements. So, I, I was I was thinking that the big announcement would be Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah, and uh, we did get Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah. Uh. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl cool right. names actually I do like those names. Yeah, good names. Uh coming to the Switch in late 2021. Right. So the th- the thing the thing about Pokemon remakes, right? Yeah. Rem- is is they tend uh they tend to look as good as the current gen game that released right, right before it, right? Uh like Pokemon uh Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, yeah. right? It looks like Pokemon Ruby and and uh and and Sapphire, Sapphire yeah. and and Emerald did, right? Yeah. It had that same art style and and came with a lot of the uh a lot of the quality of life updates that mm-hmm. those games had. Pokemon HeartGold and Steel Silver looks like Diamond and Pearl. Sure. Uh Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire looks like Pokemon X and Y. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, you'd uh you'd kind of think Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes would look at least as good if not better than Pokemon Sword and Shield do. Sure. <laughs> How do they actually look, Daniel? <laughs> they l- They look uh they look like Pokemon Let's Go.
1: I mean, I wouldn't even give them that much credit.
0: Uh, they, 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 they look about that. Like, okay. yeah, they, like, maybe even a little, a little, like, a little less graphically impressive. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe a bit. But yeah, no, they, I'd, I'd say they, because Pokemon Let's Go also does kind of the top-down thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, it's, it's not top-down once you get into the battles.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I think even Pokemon Let's Go, your characters had more more human-like proportions... Oh, for sure, Yeah. ...than, like, the chibi thing... ...which is what Pokemon Diamond and Pearl does.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it looks like they just kind of took poor, you know, Dawn...
0: ...and squished her like an accordion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, this is clearly more of, like, a... This is, like, this is the original Diamond and Pearl, but in HD. It's it's, it's almost a remaster. It's obviously not a remaster. Right, right, right. They really did... Rebuild it from the ground up, but they rebuilt it from the ground up to be very close to the original. Yeah, like for whatever
1: reason, they did create these
0: assets. (laughs) Yeah, they did make this choice. So they they went on to say during the presentation that they're outsourcing these remakes. Yes, uh, the remakes are developed by, uh, by a team that made one of their mobile games or something, right? Um, they're being developed by Ilka, right? Uh, I L C A. And that actually makes them the first main series Pokemon games where Game Freak is not the lead developer. Wow. Um, right. They they made Pokemon Home. Okay, yeah. I see. So then they just had them work on these remakes uh, because clearly everyone wants Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. This was this is a monkey's paw situation. <laughs> this is a curling of the monkey's yeah. paw. Yeah. Uh, because everyone wanted Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes, but uh, but what we're getting is literally Pokemon Diamond and Pearl like. Again, mm-hmm. instead of instead of like the Omega Ruby treatment, sure, or, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, you know, there are, there are some respects in which that could be a good thing.
0: Yeah, like
1: you know, uh, like maybe maybe all the extra content will be preserved instead of cut. Uh,
0: that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, that'd be really nice. You know, like yeah, if if Battle Frontier is in this game, mm-hmm. I'd I'd be pressed to say that that would be a worthwhile. Port. Sure. Yeah. You know that that would be worthwhile. I'm guessing that it won't. <laughs> uh, I have kind of a feeling
1: that it won't. but uh, I mean, maybe that's why they're outsourcing it, so that they can hand it off to a team that actually has the time, you know, uh, to to kind of implement something like that.
0: Maybe. Uh, because the, here's the, here is the reason that they outsource it, because Game Freak is working on something else. Yes. And that's the next announcement. Yeah. Uh, which is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yes. I'm very
1: intrigued by this (laughs) i think is the best way to put it i i think that this has the potential to be very cool yeah and it will depend on whether or not game freak sticks the landing
0: yeah and i think it's possible that they don't yeah uh but pokemon legends arceus is basically uh it's it's an open world pokemon game like it's it seems to take some of the ideas they had in Sword and really lean in on the open world part. Oh yeah, uh, this takes place in old time Sinnoh. <laughs> uh, this takes this is a prequel game. It takes place in like the far past, right? Uh, before Sinnoh's really been built, before Pokemon gyms and shit exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's about you building Sinnoh's first Pokedex, right? As you uh, as as you run around the region and uh, and like observe uh, Pokemon out in the wild and yeah. catch them and uh, and battles are kind of like a real time ish thing. Mm-hmm. It, the graphics already seem to be an upgrade over Sword and Shield. Yes, um, a, a bit of jagginess, a bit of jank to them, but it's still yeah. like it's still the best looking thing that Game Freaks put out. I think they still. I think Game Freak is still kind of struggling mm-hmm. to be part of this generation. <laughs> yeah, I you know. I think, that's fair. I, I th- but but like. Uh, I see ambition this time. Yeah, you know, it feels like they're actually trying to. to yes, you know, they're doing their best this time. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, no,
0: exactly. Yeah, like uh, the graphical style of Pokemon Sword and Shield felt more reserved, right? They're yeah. like, this is what we know we're capable of, so this is where we're stopping, right? Right, and it's like, okay, no, we're gonna make <laughs> a good looking game, yeah, for you guys. Oh, I'm not sure we know how to do that, but we're still going for it. Ah! <laughs> um, and I, I actually really
1: like the uh, the visual style of it. Me like, too. uh And I also think that it's possible that a lot of the jankiness that we saw will be smoothed out in time.
0: Yeah, like they, it's come. They've got about a year for yeah. for it to come out. Uh, so yeah, I think it could be cleaned up and and looking really smooth. I'm also not counting on that. I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna look kind of kind of the way it does okay. right now. All right, but uh, but honestly, I I think there's parts of it that look really nice. You yeah. Know? So I I think uh, I think I think an ambitious visual style where they don't get a hundred percent there, mm-hmm. uh, I I think that'll still be cool. Huh? No, I, I was I'm, I'd still look forward to that.
1: I was thinking the same thing. Like if if you know if I have to choose between high graphical fidelity and ambition in the case of Game Freak's case. I will choose ambition. Yeah. Because I want to see what they'll do with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh, Yeah, I, I think I'm excited for, for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah. And and the story idea is neat, too, because you're finding your first Pokedex, but also... The story also resol- revolves around Arceus. We get an origin story for the god of Pokemon, <laughs> right? Uh, which which is neat. I never thought they'd do something like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's really interesting to see them kind of doing a deep dive into that aspect of Poke lore.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. And yeah, and that was that that was the Pokemon to write. They showed those three things. And they're like, okay, bye. Yeah. You want to hear about uh about the Moba? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Noba. Uh, Although, uh, there, there was an announcement that, like, there was just, like, a Pokemon Facebook post or something, like, a week or two prior, Mm. uh, asking people to sign up for the, uh, the Pokemon Unite Ah. beta. Pokemon Unite, I think that's what it's called. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's still happening. They They just don't have too much to, to show right now. nothing to report. Yeah, they're just still, like, kind of testing it and whatnot. Um... Yeah. So, last thing. Yep. Yeah, uh, pretty big for us here at a Smashing Theory. Yes. Uh, uh us
1: being a Smashing Theory, the Smash Bros podcast.
0: Well, uh the Ultimate Prediction Podcast for Super Smash Bros and other video games. Not always Smash. All right. <laughs> uh but uh we already talked about what the direct closed with, but what the direct opened with was a trailer for uh for the new characters, uh for the next challenger pack yes, for Smash Bros. Yes. Ultimate. Uh and the it it opened like it was going to be for like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 story deals. Right. Like it just opened with like, oh Pyrrha and Mithra are missing. <laughs> I gotta go find Pyrrha. I'm Rex. <laughs> Bombs. Uh So, you know, like, it shows him, like, talking to other Xenoblade characters, and then running around looking for her, and then he finds her on a very zoomed-in battlefield, uh, uh, and then she turns around and like, oh, I've been invited to Smash, and, yeah. she, and she burns the letter. <laughs> <laughs> calling her invitation into contention. Uh, and
1: then Rex is like, but I thought I was gonna be in a Smash. <laughs>
0: What or whatever his weird northern accent is, I yeah. can't quite do it. Uh, which was funny. That that was funny, and then yeah, and then like it shows the Pyra gameplay, and then she turns into Mithra, and then it yeah. shows Mithra gameplay. And yeah, Pyra Mithra coming to Smash. They're here. They're yep. they're
1: in Smash. They, they are. They came out. We've both played as them. Yeah. The.
0: Uh, there was like a Sakurai presentation on March fourth, and then it shadow dropped on March fourth. Right. So we'll we'll kind of go over kind of the the broad strokes of the uh, of sure. the Sakurai presentation. He's back at his house. Yes. He he got to do the he got to do the Sephiroth stuff in the studio. Yeah. But it it showed him in his house again this time, and he's yeah. like, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a second, you know, we're we're in wave two of COVID in Japan. Right. Cases are are arising, so I'm back here at my house. Nobody to laugh at my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sakurai. Poor Sakurai. Poor poor
1: dude. Uh, I hope that one day he gets to retire from making Smash and just make Kirby games full-time.
0: He doesn't want to do that. He hasn't made a Kirby game in, like, 20 years. I feel like it would be relaxing for him. (laughs) He would not make that relaxing for himself. He would make the most ambitious Kirby game we've seen in the last three decades, and it would kill him. Be pretty fucking cool though. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool Kirby game. <laughs> yeah, I'd be standing over Sakurai's grave, just pouring out a forty, being like, "Thanks, bro. Thanks for that good Kirby game. <laughs> I hope it was worth it, my dude." And then he would
1: try to give you a thumbs up, but his hands aren't working.
0: <laughs> and he's dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Mostly the first thing. Oh, okay. Uh, too, after too many years of uh, doing demos of Smash characters with two controllers at the same time.
0: Uh, So they showed the stage first. It's a cloud sea of all rest. You're riding around on Gramps, who is a dragon, right. uh, while Titans swim by in the background. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty pretty decent stage. Yeah. Also, other Xenoblade Chronicles 2 characters will show up in, in kind of... Uh, the closer background, right? Uh, to kind of cheer you on while you're while you're fighting.
1: And if you're wondering if there was
0: a great stage gimmick, uh, Gramps sometimes looks to the left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gramps will. Gramps will look at the Titans passing by, and yeah. the stage will be smaller. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> look, he's he's, the, he's the, they can't all be winners. Okay, his hands aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> um. And they shut up here in Mithra. Uh, uh, we're not going to do a move by move, uh, you know, breakdown. Yeah. But the the basics are that Pira is slower, but she hits real hard. Yes. Uh, and Mithra is faster and like a combo machine, basically. Yeah. Uh, but she does less damage because yeah. Uh, right. I think faster.
1: I thought Pyro is going to be my favorite to play as, and she is very satisfying yeah. with those hard hitting flamey moves. Yeah. But I actually was just really digging running around super fast as Mithra and like multi hitting people.
0: Uh r- running around and side being with Mithra oh, doing yeah. doing the multi like, uh-huh. like the, the multi slash thing is very satisfying.
1: I also like the kind of standing special where you like can charge it up and then do a combo. Yeah,
0: that th- that is cool. Uh, I do like Pyrrha a bit more, just because sure. I, I think my favorite characters are the ones that just, like, yeah, just one big media <laughs> hit that you can charge.
1: What I was doing was uh, kind of playing as Mithra to soften people up and then switching to Pyra to finish them off.
0: Which was Sakurai's suggestion. Yeah, so good to uh, yeah, Sakurai. Yeah, yeah, that's the advice that he gave. He, he's like, yeah, when you play when you play Pira and Mithra, I would advise... Uh, <laughs> Uh, starting as Mithra to deal, yeah, to rack up damage and then finish the character off with Pyrrha. yeah. Yeah,
1: and I, I appreciate that. You know, it, initially when I found out that this was happening, I was kind of disappointed that like we were getting another character that switches between two characters uh-huh. because I was really excited when it felt like we were moving away from that in Smash Four and then yeah. we kind of moved back to it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I, but I do appreciate that, like. They kind of thought, in terms of the design, they really incentivize switching characters in a way that where it's beneficial for you to do so, as opposed yeah. to like Pokemon Trainer, where it's like your Pokemon gets tired and you have to switch. Yeah, which like I, which isn't a thing in Ultimate anymore. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. good, but yeah, I, I I just feel as though. With Pyra and Mithra, it feels as though I'm making more of a tactical decision to switch. The
0: switching is a distinct and deliberate part of their playstyle. Exactly. Instead of just two or three unrelated characters... That are arbitrarily connected to one another.
1: Yeah, and you know, as an aside, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, I'd just like to emphasize again that Charizard was one of my favorite characters in Sash 4, (laughs) and I'm so disappointed that he's part of Pokemon Trainer again. His down special (laughs) is my favorite thing about him. I loved playing as Charizard, and now I never play as Charizard. (laughs) Hate it.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer. I I do kind of wish, like, I get the Pokemon Trainer gimmick and how, like, integral that is to the concept, Uh but it it would have been real cool if in Ultimate like Squirtle, Ivysaur, and Charizard were just all separate Ugh, characters. Would have been great. Yeah, I I really would have. I thought it would have been really cool to see what Squirtles and Ivysaur's down bees would be. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they they would have felt almost like new characters in a little bit of a way. You know, would have been great. Yeah. Uh, not everything about
1: Smash Ultimate can be Ultimate,
0: <laughs> but Pyrrha and Mithra, like as a switching character, I think like. I think really works for them. They're the best
1: executed switching character that the franchise has seen. I think.
0: I I agree. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I agree completely. I also don't actually know anything about the Smash Meta, but my instinct is that they'll be popular in the competitive yeah. scene.
0: There, there's people saying that they're broken already. Right, but like
1: every, they say it about fucking everybody. Yeah, so they, who cares. They, yeah.
0: They say that every every time a new character comes out. Yeah, uh, but they do seem like they do seem very meta compatible. They seem good. Know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, they're uh, they're neat. Uh, Rex appears in their final smashes and right. also in their taunts. Um, and uh, last note is that as the, my outline just says, Sakurai was horny on main. <laughs> there's just there's just multiple parts of the presentation where he's right. where he's just like uh, where he's like between the two of them, who would you pick? I mean, purely from a gameplay perspective, <laughs> for me it would have to be Pira. As a care as a as a fighting game character, I mean <laughs> yes, it would have to be
2: very
0: it's very funny you, you weird you weird dude you uh, but yeah um I, I, I don't want to talk too little about you know them as playable fighting game characters sure. like uh is is there anything else during the presentation specifically do you think that's worth noting about him showing the two of them off?
1: Um, I mean, not offhand. Yeah. You know, it was, it was your, your bog standard. Yeah. Smash presentation.
0: Yeah. But I, I do like all the special moves. Like, Pyrrha, yes. like, throws her sword out. That's very B. satisfying. Yeah. It's, it's really, really nice. great
1: to catch somebody who's trying to come back to the ledge with that Ooh. and then just send them flying. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. cool.
0: And then they talk to music. Yes. There are 16 new tracks, uh, all from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm hmm. Um, well, uh, 15 of them are from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and one is from the Torna expansion. Right. Uh, three of those tracks are new arrangements. The new arrangements are Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Medley by Ace. Yeah. Uh, Ace being the composers of <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 1 right. and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They do a great job on the medley. I think it's a really nice medley.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a medley. Which yeah. Which I'm never as enthusiastic about as, like, kind of an arrangement of a single song. Yeah. But as far as medleys go,
0: it's a good medley. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Tiger, uh, by Yuzo Koshiro, uh, <laughs> it's funny, Yuzo is like one of your favorite composers, Yes, and, uh because he, he just does, like, he does Streets of Rage, he does, like, Shenmue, he does, like, Etrian Odyssey, yeah. and his, his catalog is just really wild and cool. Yeah. It feels like whenever he arranges for Ultimate, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, he phones it in a little bit. Yeah. And in this case, I, I
1: actually listened to this arrangement of Tiger Tiger before I went back and I listened to the original theme. Yeah. And so when I was first listening to it, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's kind of a bold choice. He's almost doing, like, an razor thing. He's, like, doing this really retro thing. That's cool. And that's just how the song is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The
0: original Tiger Tiger is, is like, a chip too. Yeah, it's because uh Tiger Tiger is a game within right. the game. Uh it's an arcade game that Torah has like in his little in his yeah. little hut. So it has retro music. Yeah. Yeah. So Yuzu Kushira is a great pick for that, but I feel like it could have been a bit more adventurous with it. Yeah, same. Yeah. And finally counterattack by Nobuko Toda, uh who has just done some Metal Gear solid stuff as far yeah. as I can see. Uh, they were the the head composer for Metal Gear Solid 4, but they also contributed to Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops right. and Metal Gear Solid Acid.
1: Yeah. yeah. Metal Gear Acid is one of my favorite little hidden gems of the Metal Gear franchise, so I was excited about this.
0: Yeah, the, the Acid games are neat. I've always wanted to play more of the Acid games. They're cool, man. They're really um, cool. It'd, it'd be nice if they ever got, like... A port, like I,
1: I would love for them to be rescued from the PSP. Yeah, know, like, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, like Konami, don't make any new Metal Gear games. Just port, <laughs> just port everything to yes. current to current platforms. Please.
1: Yeah, just leave it alone. Otherwise, yeah,
0: leave it alone. Otherwise, but just, I don't just, trust l- you. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just let us play the good, the yeah. old good games again. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I already kind of forget what counterattack sounds like, but I remember thinking it's it's a solid arrangement. Uh, yeah, it I, yeah. was that?
1: it was my favorite of the three. Yes. Um yeah, and it's yeah, it's a solid arrangement. Yeah,
0: <laughs> my favorite of the three. Uh, but none of them were as good as like my favorite <laughs> arrangements from like the past three challenger yeah. packs. Yeah, no,
1: they they were fine, but yeah, nothing suit nothing to write home about.
0: Yeah, which which makes sense because. Xenoblade 2 soundtrack is already really solid on its own. Yes. Like it's it created is. by one of the best, like video composers in video <laughs> games. Like it's yeah. Like really a lot of the tracks are just great for fighting games already, so it's 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 kind of fine. That's true. Um uh, the original tracks are just kind of copy pasted into the game are Argentum, A Ship in a Stormy Sea, Exploration, Crossing Swords, Incoming with an exclamation point, right. gourmot. Deathmatch with Torna. You will recall our names: <laughs> uh, Driver versus More Ordain Roaming the Waste, Bringer of Chaos, Ultimate Praetor Amalthus, the Acting God, a- and finally Battle Torna. Uh, Battle Torna being the one track from the Torna expansion. The right. rest are from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two base game. Right. Do you know much? You don't know much about Xenoblade Chronicles 2's story, right? No. Uh what what do you think the story's like from uh just, just looking at the at uh at the titles of, of this music?
1: I think there's lots of things incoming and then you have battles where you cross swords against an acting god. Alright. <laughs> uh at some point you're on a ship in a stormy sea. Great. Exploration. You. Thank
0: thank you, Sean. Uh, so, you drive it versus So So, so then uh Zachary, I talked about the spirits, um the, the spirit board includes uh, spirits from the base game. Right. Um, like, you know, Rex was already a spirit. Uh, Nia was already a spirit. Mm-hmm. There were several important Xenoblade Chronicles 2 characters that were already spirits, so they just kind of, here here they are, the DLC board. Right. Uh, but they add a few, um, and they also update the Rex spirit. Uh, the uh, The Rex spirit can now be evolved into his Master Driver okay. uh, outfit. Cool. Uh, the spirits they add are Laura, an advanced spirit; Amalthus, an A spirit; uh, the acting god, right? Of uh, course. Jin, an A spirit; Malos, an A spirit; and uh, Numa. I think the P is silent. P N E U M A. Numa, a legend spirit. <laughs> during uh, during the direct, her image was blurred out <laughs> during the direct because even her art is a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, and she shows up in the late game, like the late game. I played 90 hours of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 before like I kind of gave up. Okay. I never saw Numa. Wow. And uh, so when I was playing Spirit Battles uh, to prep yeah. uh, for this uh, episode earlier today, uh, I saw Numa for the first time. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder how Numa's art by itself is a major spoiler outside of them maybe just not wanting to show people a major character that shows yeah. up in the late game. And I looked at that art for a few seconds and immediately <laughs> I realized what the spoiler right, was. Right. And then when I was doing more research I I, conf- I confirmed for myself I uh that, that that is what the spoiler is. Sure. Yeah, it's it's actually cool how obvious it is <laughs> um, in a way,
1: but uh though funnily enough I think you actually had more trouble with Malos than you did with Numa.
0: Uh, like fighting, yeah, yeah. fighting. I, I did. I did have more trouble fighting Mal. Like, I, I lost to Mallow several times, yeah. Um, and I beat Numa barely, <laughs> barely, barely on my first try, yeah. But yeah, um, her art actually was made specifically for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, they uh, Numa did not have official art. Uh, oh, wow, in Xenoblade Chronicles too. Huh, so uh, So Sakurai, like, commissioned the original artist and Monolith Soft Uh, to provide art of Numa for the game. That's cool. Yeah. I was wondering
1: if it would be another situation where, like, there was official art, but it was so horny that they had to change it. No, no, it's,
0: (laughs) yeah, art did not exist. Okay. So, yeah, Numa's character art is exclusive to Smash Bros. Ultimate. Okay. And as a legend, uh, released in a DLC pack, she has a brand new spirit ability. right. This one, uh, called Critical Healing in Metal, uh, where when you reach critical HP, uh, you heal a bit and you become metal. That's pretty cool. And that's pretty I cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that it's too. It's a good defensive skill. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Sekai went on to reveal some Me Fighter costumes. Yep. So, uh, one of the listener mail. So, so one of them, uh, one of them's Arthur, yeah. uh, from Ghosts and Goblins as, yeah. a, as a sword fighter costume. Yeah. And, uh, and then there were a couple more.
1: Yeah. The, the, the first listener mail,
0: Zupa <laughs> with a bag. I can't go back now. The bag so, is open. Uh, so, uh, the hunter armor and Rathalos armor set. Ah. Uh, <sighs> Monster Hunter Ugh. are a couple of me Sword Fighter costumes. This
1: is Heihachi's revenge.
0: <laughs> this is Heihachi's <laughs> Revenge. Uh They are both Me Fighter costumes in the game, and I think that means we can finally definitively say that Monster Hunter uh as a season two addition to the game is deconfirmed. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I I've I've been saying a lot, like ever since Byleth came out, it's like that was going to be Monster Hunter and they changed right. their minds. Yeah. Uh and I feel more strongly about that now. Same. Uh, I wish it
1: weren't so because yeah. Byleth is a more boring <laughs> character than Monster Hunter, but whatever.
0: <laughs> uh but yeah, the those costumes are actually returning from Smash Four, right? Uh, which means that the only uh, the only me costume in Smash Four that is currently not in ultimate is Lloyd Irving from Tales, right? Uh, and it feels like it would be a good time to add uh, that costume to the game whenever a Namco Bandai character uh-huh. gets released. As a DLC character, sure. Like say Agumon, <laughs> uh, but I guess we'll we'll talk more about that in a in a hot sec. Uh, also, a feline hat, uh, right? Yeah, right. A little hat that that makes the top of your head looks like a feline head. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. No. No more Monster Hunter. So we'll we'll be discussing. What to do about that shortly, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have really great insights on what to do about that. <laughs> so look forward to
0: it. Uh, the co- context, I guess, for anyone that's randomly listening to this episode. Uh, Sean, Must was one of Sean's predictions, if you couldn't yes. tell. Yeah. Uh,
1: it so... was the prediction about which I felt the most confident, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And I
0: was just... Shaking my head the whole time, and Sean's like, fuck, fuck you, fuck fuck are you, in a Mario voice. Yeah, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, that's how we argue, actually. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then Sekira said the release date, which has passed, it, yes, it's shadow dropped, yes, on the fourth, and uh, and we played the update. We did. Uh, how do you feel about Pyramithra uh, playing as them? Uh,
1: I think that they are satisfying. They mm. are a good implementation of a character where you, you know, a switch character, yeah, where you swap between two characters. Um, there's also an extent to me where they feel kind of safe. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, uh... Yeah, I get that. Compared to, for instance, like, Banjo with his, like, weird feather
0: mechanic, or, like, any of the other kind of more interesting things that we've seen. That's weird. Banjo felt, like, kind of safe to me mechanically. Okay. But but it, there's definitely been a lot of, like, very ambitious movesets... Yes. ...in, in the DLC. Yeah. I think we can... I, I think we can say with no dispute between the two of us that Steve was a very ambitious moveset. Yes. Um, that is
1: a true thing about Steve, on yeah. which we can agree.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and, like, you know, like, Hero has, like, really mm-hmm. pushes, like, the randomness... Right. Uh, stuff, and, uh, and yeah. Or even,
1: like, you know joker kind of summoning our after a while if we want to go back yeah. to the first uh dlc
0: pack. yeah and, and we already have because we're talking about hero and stuff right right yeah. yeah
1: but uh yeah um just i think comparatively you know pyra and mithra's gimmick being you swap between them which is, is obviously a, not yeah, new right that's a
0: gimmick we've already seen and like e- e- even min min you know like the way right, the arms uh-huh. work is different than any other character yeah and
1: so like you know while i think that it's you know, they're a well designed character yeah. uh, collectively. I also I I wasn't jazzed. I,
0: I, I feel that. Like I I think uh I think it's cool that they're in the game. I'm glad to see the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 representation. I'm especially glad that it's them instead of Rex. Yes. Um I I thought and actually I think even mentioned this that he thought about uh that Uh-huh that yeah that they thought about having Rex be the main character and have Pyrrha have and or Mithra be his blades yes. like working with him in tandem. Uh, but I, Ice Climbers, <laughs> right. which is two characters and not three, uh, already kind of pushes the technical limitations of, right. of Smash Bros. Ultimate.
1: And I mean, that's just two of the same characters. Yeah. So having two different characters, essentially. Yeah, you know, having I two imagine. different
0: characters. One that you can swap on the fly right yeah yeah that that would be i'm i'm sure that would have been very hard to implement programming wise yeah but uh but you know now we had uh another another pair of female playable characters instead mm-hmm. of you know uh the rex showing up being another <laughs> boy right uh so yeah i, I mean that's nice yeah uh, no,
1: they're, you know, I'm 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 not like offended, yeah. uh, by their inclusion, but I, I can't, <laughs> which which
0: makes you different than a lot of people in the Smash <laughs> right. community. It seems that's, like that's true. A, a lot of people are mad that they're sword fighters, mm, I, whatever, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and really, I think that's only true in the most literal
1: uh, way, right. I mean, I think that the, the sourest that I felt about this is basically just that like it felt to me like Xenoblade 2 had kind of had its day. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a point where you were guessing that Rex, and, with Pyra and Mithra, would be a character, and you dropped it because you didn't think that it was likely anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah, the the relevance had faded, yeah, I thought. Yeah,
1: and I, I thought that was spot on until this happened. Yeah. Uh, and so there there's definitely some bitterness for me in that respect.
0: In retrospect, I really should have revisited that after Min Min hmm oh yeah okay yeah because like the because the, the same the same thing happened right uh-huh. like we we're like oh there's got to be an arms character in this right. game and then Sakurai was like uh we wanted to put an arms character in the game <laughs> uh but it was too late in development so yeah. we did not do that and then uh it was like oh well yep yeah, that opportunity is gone forever <laughs> uh and we had that exact same conversation yeah. about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Like, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, maybe Rex with Pyrrha and Mithra. And then Sekira was like, we wanted to put Rex in the game, but it was too late in development. It's right. like, okay, well, taking that off the shelf for the rest of our <laughs> lives. But then Min Min was made playable, and mm. I really should have gone back and been like, what other, what other characters did we think were off the table?
1: I don't think this is actually a pattern. I think that they just happened to make two characters like that, and that we won't see that happen again going forward.
0: I mean, I don't think Sakurai has said that about any other character. Mm. He said that explicitly about both of them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that, they, that he wanted to put them both in the game, but it was too late in development by the time they were, yeah. they were relevant cuz yeah if he had said that about a third character i th- i think they're i think that would at least be worth revisiting uh in sure. case it's a pattern but uh but uh, but at the same time i do think one thing i've learned over the course of us predicting things is finding patterns and chasing them will lead to one's downfall <laughs> yes, when it comes to, to smash say. predictions so uh yeah I I, I like I, I like their inclusion overall I think they're I I, I think they're maybe not the most exciting addition Mm-mm. in this season pass but I I feel like they fit uh I'm wondering actually if they might be the Terry of this pass oh uh because like Zena Blade Blade has its fans yeah but I, I think it's I think it's less. It's a, It's definitely a less huge franchise. Yeah. Than maybe all the other franchises in the fighters past so far. Uh-huh. Uh. Actually, I guess if you had to like, if you had to, I'm, I'm moving my hands up and down like they're ends of a scale right now. He is
1: doing that. Uh. For the benefit of me. Yeah.
0: Like. If if like Min if like Arms was on one end of the scale and and Xenoblade was on the other, I don't know which would weigh more. Right. But probably Xenoblade, actually, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But but Arms has that newness, right? <laughs> right Arms exactly. has that shiny newness and and Xenoblade Blade already has Shulk there, so you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. more um, necessarily. Yeah. Uh so I, I you know, part of me wonders if Pyramithra are are gonna be the Terry. But, uh... But maybe they're not. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Uh...
1: Predicting Smash characters is a really hard job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, I, we, I... I tweeted as much, like, the yeah. second... The second Pyrrha and Mithra were, like, and like, God. No, and I'm...
1: <laughs> I mean, my tweet was something to the effect of, why do we even do this podcast? <laughs> like, I... I don't know. Like it, we, we get some stuff right, but by chance, like I, I mean, it feels like I. It feels like it. Honestly, that Pyra and Mithra felt to me like a roll of the dice. Sure, you know? but I, I feel like there's some it stuff... shattered Daniel. It shattered my confidence. I
0: feel like there's some stuff we've been really confident about. Like we, you know, we we have a lot of arguments in its favor <laughs> and ended up being right. Uh-huh. Like, uh. Like stuff like uh, very specific stuff, like Sans as a me costume, sure, or like Shovel Knight being an assist trophy, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and like you know, you you were really confident about Banjo Kazooie, and that happened, right? Yeah. We we did a whole episode after after like we knew there would be an Arms character. We went through all the Arms characters, to decide who was the most <laughs> likely. We. We, like, really put our heads together and decided on Min-Min, and that mm-hmm. was right. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so I feel like we have some wins, and All they're right. not just random, like, by chance wins, either. But the fact that
1: Pyra and Mithra happen and Monster Hunter got dethroned from the top <laughs> of my list in the same fucking Smash presentation?
0: I mean, Monster Hunter getting dethroned is
1: me being right, so I don't feel <laughs> bad about
0: it. All right, well, it was a great uh, podcast,
1: <laughs> but it's over. <laughs> I'm leaving Beep-Boo Group. <laughs> Thanks everybody for your support. Uh.
0: I I I'm I'm sorry that, that I I guess those two together that that can that, that does feel heavy. That, it was a it like was a one two punch for yes. sure. Yes. Uh well, I'm I'm not sure how to tell you this, but well, okay, first uh, last Last thing, uh, last pure Mithra detail that I haven't mentioned already. Yeah. Their classic mode is called Shared Destinies. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Japanese name of it is Both Sides of the Coin, which I think fits a bit better. Uh-huh. uh Each match is a, is against a famous duo, like Sheik and Zelda, or Link and Dark Link. Yeah. Or Ryu and Ken. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, that, that's, that's cute. Yeah,
1: this was, you know, like, it, it is both uh, exactly the kind of thing that makes sense, and also, you know, like... Sometimes you you see a classic one and you're like, oh, that's really clever. And in this case, just like, yeah, well, yep, that's exactly what uh, Joe Normal would have done. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I had a good time with it, though. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so with that, I- I'm sorry, Sean, but it's it's time to to yep. to revisit our predictions. Yep. So. Uh, we both got this one wrong. Uh-huh. We both did not predict and Mithra, which means, uh, we have to rem- we each had to remove one of the three characters we were predicting. Yeah. For the rest of the season, and also, uh, maybe using the information we have now to adjust any of our existing predictions. Right. So, the remaining characters I had predicted, uh, were Crash Bandicoot, uh, Agumon from Digimon, mm-hmm. and Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and uh, Sean,
1: uh, my three predictions were Monster Hunter, The Chosen Undead from Dark Souls, and Arlenaja from Puyo Puyo.
0: So really, this this could technically be really easy for you. You just knock Monster Hunter off, and you have Chosen Undead and Arlenaja to finish the season. Yeah, but how likely do you think that is? Um, I don't know.
1: <laughs> but I'm knocking Monster Hunter off, and I'm keeping Chosen Undead and Arlenaja. So I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I, I I want you to know that, mm. you know, I think that while I think that part of what I bring to this podcast is my general indifference to <laughs> the Smash Bros relative to you. Oh, yeah. What what, I a, want, what quality. I want you to know that I actually, like, I was, like, doing research. I was, like, looking through, you know, uh, the games that were are, have been released for the Switch by their sales numbers yeah. and, like, looking at other characters that people have predicted, trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And just, I, I honestly couldn't find anything where I thought, like... Like, you know, there are so many people out there on the internet that are so confident about the stupidest picks that you could possibly <laughs> imagine. And at the end of the day, after looking through everything, I didn't feel like the Chosen Undead from Dark Souls and Arlene Naja from Puyo Puyo were any stupider than most of what I was looking at. <laughs> like, Arlene Naja, you know, was, like, number five, I think, on, the, on that poll that was, like, hey, you know, you people in Japan, what are the top ten Smash characters that you want in Ultimate? Sure, yeah. Um... Uh, You know, Dark Souls is an enormously popular, uh, far more popular than it deserves to be, yeah. uh, franchise and the progenitor of an entire <laughs> subgenre of games.
0: I'm don't, keeping them both. Don't just casually dunk on Dark Souls. We'll get another one star.
1: In hey, I mean, I should say, you know, I like Soulsborne games. I liked yeah. Bloodborne. I played plenty of Bloodborne. Had yeah. a good time with Bloodborne. Um, but it is weird how popular that franchise it, is. It, it,
0: yeah, it is kind of like like the same way. It's weird how popular Monster Hunter is, right? Sure. Like, yeah. You know, no, like, yeah. Exactly. Like it's, it's a it's a series of good games. Uh, uh But like it is the, strange. The, yeah, the millions of copies it has sold. Like sometimes you squint your eyes. And yeah. like, This game, uh-huh. like like League, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Like. Like, yeah, just some things get super popular, and it's like, oh, this is what got uh-huh. This this doesn't feel mainstream at all, but okay. No, exactly. Yeah.
1: I um, it's the what I think of as the League of Legends effect. Like, yeah, how the fuck is League of Legends? Not because I, you know, I've I've pl- I played and enjoyed League of Legends for years. Yeah, I only left because the community is shit. <laughs> I still liked the game, right? Um, but I, but it does. Yeah, uh, this is something that I've talked about with Daniel off mic. It does feel like we're we're in the alternate universe, and that it shouldn't <laughs> be that it's not that popular in Earth Prime, right? Yeah,
0: I thought your initial lineup of three was pretty okay. Like your your lineup of Monster Hunter, Chosen, Dead Arlenado is pretty yeah. okay. Because I feel like, I feel like we had, and I still think we will have at least one like big DLC announcement left. Uh-huh. And Monster Hunter, I think qualifies, yeah. right? Uh, I don't think Chosen Undead really does, and I don't think Arlene like, Naj I especially don't think Arlene Naja does. Uh, I th-
1: I think that in my fantasy world, where I'm correct, uh, that Arlene Nadja is going to be the pick that's meant to kind of cater more toward Eastern tastes, and yeah. Chosen Undead will cater more toward Western tastes, because okay. Dark Souls has enjoyed a good deal of popularity here in the West. Alright,
0: so s- sticking to Chosen, you're, you're really... I mean, yeah You're I, really I feet you know there.
1: who who knows maybe in a future episode, I'll revise uh but yeah. but as of right now, I just it's not so much that I feel super confident in these picks, it's more that I don't feel more
0: confident in any
1: other picks mm.
0: i think I think there will be a Bano nam guy, I think there will be a Bano nam, uh I think there will be a bandai Namco uh-huh. character, <laughs> yeah, in. In Smash, in in the last one of the last two slots, mm-hmm. and I think there will be Dark Souls me representation. Sure, uh, when that character comes out, and I think
1: that we'll get Dark Souls character representation and an Agumon hat.
0: <laughs> I I don't think I think either Agumon is fully in the game, <laughs> or there will be no Digimon okay. representation in the game at all. Hmm. Um, or. Or there will be a Digimon Survive Spirit event, and that's it. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so I've got Sora, Agumon, and Crash Bandicoot, and yeah. I don't know who to boot here. Uh, Agumon. <laughs> no! <laughs> because, like, I I think a bigger announcement and a smaller announcement is what's left. Okay. I think we're getting a Terry, mm-hmm. right? And then we're getting something really exciting. Okay. Okay. Uh, And maybe we're getting that in
1: the wrong order. (laughs) Sure, yeah, I think that's entirely possible that we get the really hype thing Uh, as the (laughs) second to last thing, and the last thing, like, why would you put them in there? Yeah,
0: and by that logic, either Sora or Crash is the big thing, and Agumon is a small thing. Sure. You know, the relatively small thing. Right. I think some people will be real pumped about Agumon, obviously. (laughs) Of course. Uh, You are. I will be, like, I actually said this off mic, but... Like if we do get Agumon, like I'm dropping everything and making him my smash main. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Like if he if he plays like even a little the way I imagine he does, yeah. Where he has like a digi evolving mechanic. Sure. Where you can like where depending on how you play, you can you actually get like branching evolutions. Right. Like if that's if he comes to the table and that's the playstyle he has, <laughs> I'm going to learn him <laughs> and like yeah and make Ridley my secondary. Sure. But yeah, Sora or Crash, one would lean towards maybe Crash being more likely than Sora, but also so yeah, here's so here's the thing, right? Yeah. So you'd think that the most likely time for Crash to show up would be the time that Pyrrh and Mithras showed up uh-huh. instead, right? Because like him releasing alongside Crash 4 would make the most sense from a marketing standpoint. Sure. Um however After Activision announced Crash 4 for Switch and other consoles, they said that there would also be additional announcements made for Crash Bandicoot's anniversary later this year. Hmm. Uh, and that that just seems like... Sure. That would absolutely fall under that umbrella, right? Sure. Crash and Smash, uh, happy anniversary, uh, you funky little Bandicoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... On the other hand, I do feel like a lot of people have lost hope in Sora because Sephiroth is in the game, yeah, and that's like, oh, that's the Square Enix uh-huh. uh, thing. And I honestly think there's definitely a non-zero chance of Nintendo and Sakurai taking advantage of, sure. of that of being of of just fucking with our perceptions <laughs> of patterns yet again. Yeah, like I think the only reason that Sora would not be in the game by the end of this DLC is if Disney does not want him to. Yeah. But I also think it's not... You can't discount that Disney would not want Sora to be in this game. Sure. Or would not think that Nintendo is offering them enough money for Sora to be in this game. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards Crash Bandicoot and Agumon. Wow. See, here's
1: what I think. If I were in your shoes, I would get rid of Crash because... Well, I mean, if I were in your shoes, i get rid of Agumon. But if I were in your <laughs> shoes and had kind of your inclinations, I would get yeah. rid of Crash because you really want to keep Agumon. Yeah. And I don't think that it's going to be Crash and Agumon. I think it's going to be Crash or Agumon. Because I think okay. that they both occupy... That same space of kind of like a weird nostalgia y pick. Okay, you know? you're right. Okay,
0: I see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, but then
1: and then Sora would be kind of the really big get. You know, the yeah. really big announcement that would kind of dwarf both of them in terms of
0: hype. <laughs> okay, you know, I think you might have. Yeah, I think you might have convinced me. Actually, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> be so mad if it's if it's Crash.
1: Well, don't be mad at me because you are ultimately the one making this decision. I'm just telling you what I <laughs> you would do. Coward. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I, I you know that that's that's a good argument that uh, that Agumon and Crash would both be characters hearkening back to certain eras, right? right? Like Agumon harkening back to like when they were really competing against Pokemon mm-hmm. and Crash like hearkening back to like his prime during the PS one game yeah. days. Uh Sora would be a very a very modern, like present day pick. And honestly, I I don't see, I I don't think it's completely unlikely that we just get two, like, bangers and it's Sora and Crash, right? But, also, like, Nintendo of Japan is making far more deals with Japanese developers than they are with American developers. Mm -hmm. And we already got that Microsoft collaboration with Steve, right? And we got that Microsoft collaboration with Banjo last time. uh huh. So... Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna. I for now, for now, yeah. Agumon and Sora, okay, potentially in that order, but potentially not. <laughs> uh, and Agumon can tie into the release of Digimon Survive, right? And Sora is just a big deal, no matter what games are coming out around that, <laughs> right? Uh, but I, I like, I kind of. I kind of went crashes a pocket. Like I think what I might do when there's only one character left mm-hmm. is that we'll just we'll both say three characters we think it could be. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. In, instead of trying to lock in from the millions of possibilities <laughs> who the very last character is. Sure. But for now, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we get two guesses on who the last two characters are. Okay. All right. So the rest of DLC pack two, the rest of Fighters Pass two the last characters coming to super smash bros ultimate for the Nintendo switch. I think it will be Agumon and Sora. And I think it will be the chosen undead and Arlie Naja. (laughs) It's uh, like, I think one of those could be in. Okay. Yeah, maybe, (laughs) uh, but I guess you also probably feel that way about mine. I do. (laughs) I, God, just <laughs> imagine if Agumon gets in. Just imagine. Alright. <laughs> I'm imagining. <laughs>
1: uh, um, Like, I think that, you know, if Sora doesn't get in, it'll be because of some kind of licensing problem. Yes. If Agumon doesn't get in, it'll just be beca-
0: because, you know, some other more popular character got in yeah. instead. I, I do think we'll get a Namco character, and... Uh, I don't think a Namco character is actually 100%. Okay. They, they haven't given us a new character since Pac-Man. Right, yeah. Um, but I also see the potential for the Namco Bandai character to be Lloyd Irving. Mm-hmm. Like, it could actually be him, like, representing Tails, which is not a small franchise. It's, sure. It's pretty popular. Yeah. Also, <laughs> celebrating its anniversary right now. Uh-huh. Um, or, uh, Jin from Tekken. Sure, uh heihachi's gone but that doesn't mean tekken's completely out of the running sure um but i'm gonna say agamon that that's just the most that, that'd be the most exciting pick out of yanko's okay. catalog for me and i think it represents you know an important era and all that sure yeah yeah all right okay all right okay so that was a lot of nintendo stuff oh yeah uh but we have just a couple listener mails. Okay. Zoop. Uh Will B T I Zing Will Bzing <laughs> Will Bzing uh on Twitter says why didn't they add the new version of they will know our names?
1: Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: th- this didn't occur to me at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh in between like, you know, Like, after the initial release of Smash Bros. Ultimate, we got Xenoblade Chronicles Remastered. Yeah. And this would have been a great opportunity for them to just put some of the of the new remastered tunes made for xenoblade chronicles remastered into smash that's true
1: they're excellent yeah they're all really good
0: like he gave us fucking like metal slug songs or whatever (laughs) for the fatal fury (laughs) uh dlc like he gave us king of fighters and he gave us art of fighting yeah those technically aren't fatal fury you could have given us xenoblade one for the xenoblade 2 dlc yeah yeah that would have been great it's it's wild they didn't do that Uh uh-huh yeah Like, you could have even used that as an opportunity to take some of the remastered tracks that weren't ported over... How do I word this? Uh, Like, they could have taken a track from Xenoblade Chronicles 1 that isn't already in Smash Ultimate and put its remastered version into Ultimate, essentially making it a new song, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could have done that, yeah. They they didn't. That's really weird. Thanks for thanks for pointing that out, Will.
1: Yeah, thanks, Will. Will bazing. Will bazing. Will bazinga. Ugh! Don't do that to Will. (laughs) Bazing.
0: I'm sorry, Will. And our last mail has somehow become like. A staple of right. of the pod for the time being, Sergio V is back with uh, this or that version four. Okay, Sergio says, "All right, boys, you already know what's up. <laughs> I would like to see what you guys would choose with the following: Super Mario Super Sluggers or Mario Strikers? Oh, Strikers! Strikers! Love Strikers! I never played Sluggers. That's true, actually, uh, but I've always wanted to. Sluggers seemed awesome." Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember going to Walmart and seeing mm-hmm. Super Sluggers, like, being one of the game demos. Sure. Uh, and I always wanted to just play some fucking Super Sluggers. <laughs> Never got to. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Martin was, I know that Strikers is good. Yes. I just hope that Sluggers is good. Sure. So, yeah, Strikers. Shovel Knight or Undertale? Undertale. Undertale. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Fuck uh, Shovel Knight. <laughs> <What the? laughs> As a matter of fact. No.
1: Fuck out of here, Shovel Knight.
0: Not fuck Shovel Knight. Nobody likes
1: you, Shovel Knight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is categorically <laughs> untrue. Uh, but I do like Undertale way more than I like Shovel Knight. I appreciate Shovel Knight. I think Shovel Knight's neat. Uh, like, so Shovel Knight's one of those things where like it's crazy how big Shovel Knight became. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, unexpected, but I, you know, I think those devs are really cool, and... Uh, and I don't dislike Shovel Knight, but I definitely like Undertale like way more. I
1: like Undertale. <laughs> and, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure Yacht Club Games is cool or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm so sick of Shovel Knight appearing everywhere. I'm so sick of Shovel Knight being like the indie king and you have to like kiss the ring anytime you make your own indie game. I'm so sick of it. I'm so over Shovel Knight. <laughs> mango or pineapple oh mm, pineapple mango i i love them both and the downside to pineapple is that if you eat too much your tongue hurts (laughs) but in spite of that i'm willing to go through the pain for that delicious goodness
0: i yeah i just like mango more than i like pineapple i think pineapple's like fine like it's 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 nice every now and then as a treat. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I do like pineapple like on things, right? Like, yeah. like Hawaiian pizza, fucking aces. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, man- mangoes are just they're sweet and they're tasty, and I dig them.
1: What else is really good if you just take a like a big kind of cut almost like a pineapple steak and then grill it, grilled pineapple? Yeah, delicious.
0: I, I think maybe I will try that once in my life, and it was a long <laughs> time ago. Sure, I, I don't remember it being a negative experience. Okay, so I guess there's that. Yeah. Uh, As the most broken character in Smash history, Meta Knight or Bayonetta?
1: (laughs) It's tempting for me to lean toward Bayonetta, but that's only because I saw her in action in tournaments. Yeah. You know, and I didn't do that for Meta Knight when Meta Knight was broken. Yeah. But I saw, you know... Bayonetta versus Bayonetta, and like Bayonetta just flip kicking you, you know, off of the screen when yeah. you had zero damage.
0: Ba- Bayonetta being like in the top, like in four of the top eight right. in, at at Evo, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think like it's funny because Meta Knight actually got banned from Brawl for a while, right? right. There's that. Uh, but like, I think. I think I would give I think I would say Bayonetta because the difference between like I think Meta Knight would maybe technically be more game breaking. Sure. But I think the difference between the two is that uh the Smash Four actually like included some considerations for competitive play. Right. Smash four is more built to be a competitive game. Yeah. And Bayonetta was still that that like <laughs> that yeah. that hard to overcome in the meta in a game that was built to do that. Right. Brawl like in some instances, Brawl straight up gave a middle finger to people playing up right, playing competitively. Yeah. You could randomly trip in that game, right? Uh, like th- that was there was clear like points of Brawl's development that were like resisting. The competitive scene that was emerging after Melee.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty clear that Sakurai has never particularly enjoyed balancing Smash competitively. Yeah. Uh, but so. he, he
0: does do it for Ultimate, though. Yes. Like, there, there's definitely... Delib- like, he's deliberately balancing Ultimate these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Bayonetta because Bayonetta is actually in a moderately competitive game <laughs> and Meta <Metamount> Knight <laughs> was not. Yes. Um... I mean you can play brawl competitively sure uh
1: but i feel like but play- but not not for lack of trying yeah you know, on...
0: i yeah, i think i i think brawl is like the the hardest smash game to get to work competitively, sure sure, um but I do say this as kind of a it's kind of a smash scrub that yes. is that has never been like a com- like that's never been. Super knowledgeable about the competitive scene in any of those games. Right. So please do take my take with a grain of salt and also feel free to correct me. Uh, right. After you listen to, to all this. Uh,
1: Same um, for this part specifically. You yeah. can correct me. <laughs> Otherwise, don't correct me. I hate
0: it. Feel free to correct any of us at any time. I hate it. I will put it listeners, in
1: correction. I just want you to know, listeners. <laughs> That even though I have come to accept corrections as a part of the Smashing Theory DNA, that doesn't mean I
0: have to like them. <laughs> Last, this or that. Yeah. Uh, best console, PlayStation 2 or Xbox 360? PS2, for me. I, yeah, like, I think I think PS2, but uh, but I think the 360 is actually kind of underrated, you yeah,
1: know? I, I wouldn't call it underrated, but there's good stuff on there.
0: Yeah, well, would would you say it's overrated?
1: I'd say it's rated. <laughs> Many people owned and enjoyed playing the Xbox 360. I even, I mean, I never owned one, but I had my freshman year in college. My roommate had one, and I played Halo 3 on there and had a good time. You know, it was a, it's a solid.
0: I guess, like, I I feel like... I feel like you know many people had Xbox 360, but I think a lot of people also wrote off the 360 as as the Halo console, (laughs) right? It's like, oh yeah, people got that for their Halo and their Call of Duties, right? And uh, and if you want uh, if you want like a deeper uh, gaming experience, you should get a PS3. I felt like that was kind of the uh, the vibe, right? But I actually think that the 360 had a lot more to offer than that. Okay. So that's why I say that the 360 is underrated. That said, I'd probably give it to the PS2 also. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, I think the PS2 just had so many games I love. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, there's never been probably a better console for, like, RPGs, for instance. Yeah.
0: And, like, the PS2 is something that I still, to this day, like, go back to, uh... Maybe tonight, after we finish this, <laughs> I'm going to pop the PS2 open so I can put King of Fighters 11 in. <laughs> sure, right, because right. Because King of Fighters 11 is a PS2 exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And the 360, I've been afraid to turn on for the last three years because <laughs> I know that one day I'm going to turn it on and see that Red Ring at that. Uh-huh. Uh, and on top of that, I haven't really played many 360 games on my Xbox One lately either. Right. Um... So yeah, I'd give the edge to the. I'd say PS2. That's yeah. my answer too. Yeah. Uh, what's what's like one of your favorite PS2 games just off the top of your head? Metal Gear Solid two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's the reason
1: idea. I bought a PS2 in the
0: first place. Is yeah. That I went
1: over to my friend Jimmy's house in like the eighth grade. And he booted up MGS2 because I said I'd never played it before, and we like watched the opening cutscene together. And I was like, "Wow, video games can be like this! <laughs> they can tell stories like this. They can, yeah. they can be this cinematic of an experience." And I, uh, you know, asked my mom for a PS2, and I got one for Christmas that year. Um and uh, yeah, I God, I love that game. I played the hell out of that game. I beat it on every difficulty. Like, yeah, that absolutely MGS two. That's what I think of when I think of the PS two. Nice. What about
0: you? Uh, Marvel Nemesis: Rise of the Imperfects. Fuck off. uh the i i've i've trouble coming up with something as definitive of your answer but yeah. one of the first games that floated in my head was final fantasy 10 yeah yeah that's an yeah. excellent choice yeah just just an iconic ass game and i think like i think it's almost as revolutionary to final fantasy as a franchise as seven is sure and everyone knows about seven already <laughs> but i feel like 10 10 is also one word like it feels weirdly underrated these yeah. days you know like it feels mm-hmm. it, it it feels like not as many people give it that much credit like I like nine's my favorite but yeah. I think 10 might be like the best you know?
1: strangely that was the first Final Fantasy game that I played wow yeah I now an enormous Final Fantasy fan uh, played 10 first which is an excellent game but oh, yeah not not very indicative of what the rest of the series is like oh yeah I know <laughs> yeah and so then I went back I think I played you know, I, I met our friend Leo uh, in high school, and he kind of had me play Final Fantasy IV, and I was like, whoa, what's active time battle? What the fuck is this? This isn't the turn-based experience that I've come to know as oh, being yeah. the quintessential Final Fantasy experience.
0: Oh yeah, man, that is th- that is funny. Like, Ten was kind of the first, like, well, not the first, but right. like the first in a while to actually yeah. just be explicitly turn-based instead yeah. of like, doing the weird timer thing.
1: But yeah, you know the the PS two. I mean, that's it's just a console that like shaped my tastes
0: in gaming forever. Yeah, gotta me, go with PS two. Yeah, me too. In a lot of ways. Oh, here's I think here's a better answer for me. Persona four. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the ultimate uh, console swan song. Like, has any oh, console yeah. had it better than Persona four? I struggle to think. Yeah, of any that did.
0: Man, that that'd be a fun like, just a fun project you know just mm-hmm. like just looking at like at swan songs that's for, true for various like consoles yeah yeah, and kind of see how they stack up now
1: it'd be like your project wii eulogies but for every
0: console yeah <laughs> instead of the wii man i'd, I'd get to talk about kirby's Streamland 3 again that's true you do love doing that i love doing that he does all right thanks sergio yeah good good lineup as always absolutely <laughs> I'm curious to see how long Sergio is going to do this to us. <laughs> We're up
1: to like this or that 57. <laughs> it just gets weirder and weirder until it's like a Euclidean geometry or I don't know, whatever the opposite
0: of that is. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody. If you yeah. want to know where else you can find us, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash beep boop group yes. where we have an exclusive podcast and bonus content. Yes. Uh, one piece of bonus content is popping up in the near future uh, once like I like have some time to like lie <laughs> down and like breathe and stuff right um, and that is uh, that is the uh, supplementary conclusion <laughs>
1: sorry I'm just imagining you like lying on your bed but you have your computer monitor against your forehead and like your keyboard <laughs> on your knees and you're
0: just like still editing <laughs> <laughs> I do have a problem <laughs> and that is that I work too much. Yes. Uh but uh the the supplementary conclusion to our uh, our 2020 coverage, yeah. other stuff of the year, uh we have we've recorded that. I just have to edit it and right. I think it's a really fun discussion. We talk about stuff like our favorite movie of 2020-ish, mm-hmm. uh, our <laughs> our favorite uh our favorite anime our yeah. favorite uh our favorite meme yes so if, if stuff like that sounds interesting um that'll be available to everyone pledging at the five dollar level or yeah. higher and you'll also get to be in our discord if you do that true uh discourse poppin yeah we got some some people
1: in there <laughs> uh do wow people yeah. wow real, uh, as real a matter people. of fact uh recently um our our former uh, Daniel's former Play This uh, podcast co-host joined that Discord.
0: Yeah, yeah. Max is on the Discord yeah. now. You can yeah. talk
1: to him about old episodes of a dead podcast. <laughs> wow.
0: I, where how, Can I give you $5 I mean, we, directly? To be,
1: to be fair, we do have people in the Discord who have been enjoying doing exactly that. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. true.
0: But yeah. It's a draw. Uh, Next time on A Smashing Theory, I don't know.
1: Well, we've been in that spot before. We have. Somehow we always find something to talk about.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure in two or three weeks uh, we will
1: uh, we will have something to talk about. Sakurai just commits a bank heist and we cover it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> May, um, maybe I'll do a Patreon vote. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll pick Why some not? topics. Yeah, maybe... Uh, Maybe people can vote on us like talking about what we're playing right now. Uh-huh. I or, do love those episodes. Yeah, right. We haven't done one of those in a while. Maybe we can finally continue the Smash Bros. Cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we we got stuff we can do uh yeah. on on our off time. We we've had some stuff that we're meaning to do like during these dead periods. Right. And then suddenly Nintendo would announce something huge. Yes. Uh but this seems like I think this time, between March and June, we'll actually be kind of quiet this time somehow. Okay. Uh, with well, the exception of, like, Indie Worlds and stuff. Yeah.
1: If it is, then we, we'll, we'll just have to come up with some cool shit for you guys to listen to. Yeah,
0: so so maybe there'll be a poll up on the Patreon. You can sure. vote. If if there is, you can vote on that at the $2 level or Ooh. Yeah. All right, well, uh, whatever we do, we'll we'll see you in, in two or three weeks. Yes.
1: And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time! I was going to go on for longer, but I actually ran out of air. There <laughs> just <laughs> wasn't air. It was, like, it was like expelling a lot of air.
0: <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah.
1: Bye. Crazy. Bye. Bye.
0: Special thanks! Special thanks! Special thanks to Lonald! Lonald, thanks! Thanks, Lonald. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if Lono would like Xenoblade. It's very long. Uh-huh. But uh but I think he likes like Fire Emblem and that kind of thing. Okay. So that you know, Fire Emblem's long sometimes. Which yeah, is true. Uh <laughs> Lonald likes
1: long games. Like Fire Emblem. And Xenoblade. <laughs> I don't know
0: if Lonald likes Xenoblade. That's <laughs> the whole. That's how this started, Charlie. Well, Ronald, maybe you'll like it because it's long. Special thanks to NIM. <laughs> thanks,
1: Nymph. Thanks,
0: Nymph. <laughs> you want to try again? Thanks, Nymph. No, I just. I don't. <laughs> uh, oh, Nymph, Nymph sends me stickers and things on the rag. It's very sweet. Aw. Yeah. I, I pay him for the stickers. Right. Nymph sells stickers as a side gig. <laughs> Nymph sends me stickers in exchange for money. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Nip, for the stickers. Special thanks to my fiancé, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Uh, You've you got home from work while I was recording, and I'm really excited to leave <laughs> this room and spend some time with you. Yeah, you enjoy that. Thank, thank you, Sean. No problem. That's that's all he got. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks, Lee. Special thanks to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. What? Ooh! Ooh you, you brought the air.
1: Yeah, he really. Yeah, you know, Mario was jumping along long distance. <laughs> during
0: that part. <laughs> Imagine if whenever you play like Mario 64 or something Charles Bernardette just has to do that. Just like the who just has to last for the entirety of the jump before he lands in the
1: air. <laughs> they start doing speed runs where they like try to do yeah. one long jump to the end of the stage. Yeah,
0: yeah just 120 star runs right. but also the longest who. <laughs>
1: my, yeah. my longest who <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Nymph.
0: Okay. Special. No, wait, th- that wasn't Nymph. <laughs> thanks, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Thanks. Special thanks
1: to Cool Gabe. Oh, Cool Gabe, man, you're so cool. I can't believe that you went to school. (laughs) Now you're sneaking into my house. What are you doing? You're quiet as a mouse. I can't believe you're taking away my life. You're gonna stab me with that big, big knife. Cool Gabe, no. Cool Gabe, no. Now
0: I'm dead, but thanks a lot, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's wild that you still can't process the fact that he's been to school.
1: (laughs) Well, you know... Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty place, cool that he's been to school.
0: Special thanks to Thanks cool Game. Special yeah. thanks to Vinny G!
1: Thanks, Vinny G! Man. The G must stand for Jesus, because you're really saving us with this donation. <laughs>
0: my name is Jesus with a G
1: <laughs> and I never learned how to read
2: <laughs>
0: thanks Vinny oh thanks uh, special thanks to all of our special thanks patrons if you want this to happen to you you can special thank you can you, you can <laughs> you give us $20 and then we will special thank yeah. we'll special yeah. thank you at the give end
1: give us $20 of- for the privilege of thanking us <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, you you do it and we'll 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 <laughs> special thank you at the end of all of our episodes for all the months that you do it yep uh special thanks to everybody but specifically the everybody that gave us money. <laughs> we'll see you next time goodbye bye, bye.